Hello, and welcome to Batcast 66, the podcast where we watch every single episode of the 1966 Batman TV series and chat about it. My name's Kendall. And I'm Scott. Today we're talking about Batman Episode 8, Rats Like Cheese. A terrible, terrible title. Oh, yeah. They just needed something to rhyme with freeze from the last episode. Yeah. So, yeah, it's the second part of the story that began with Instant Freeze. At the end of that episode, we saw Batman and Robin get instantly frozen. Yeah, it delivered. It did deliver on that. Last week was very entertaining. This week, I didn't have as much fun. How about you? See, I'm kind of the opposite. I didn't especially love last week, and I like this one I think went by a lot quicker. It did go by quick, but... I don't know. I, I guess we'll know. get some of the final thoughts, but I didn't really like... This is my least favorite story we've gotten so far. Which, to be fair, it's only the fourth one. Well, yeah, I guess we'll get to it at the yeah, end. We'll get the final thoughts if we you know, want to get to the episode. Because uh, it was a pretty crazy cliffhanger we left off on. Yeah. Batman and Robin, Frozen Solid by Mr. Freeze. Whereas if this was real, they would be dead because all of the water in their cells would have burst all their cell walls. Whoa. Yeah. Mr. Freeze is dangerous. What a what a scary guy. Good thing this is very fake. Yeah, extremely fake. Uh, so fake that the civic workers of Gotham City have a de-isifier on hand. All right, to be fair, if a guy named Mr. Freeze ran around your city every once in a while freezing people, it would make sense to maybe invest in a room where he can do this. Maybe the Wayne Foundation did it because he'd know he would need it as Batman. Uh, I would buy that, except this is Mr. Freeze's first appearance in this. I mean, they mentioned that, because um, he's not Victor Freeze in this. His name he, is Dr. Schimmel. Yeah, Dr. Schimmel. Like they mentioned before he... Sh- started his crime wave in the last episode batman caused whatever situation caused him to have to be like refrigerated it's like obviously the guy was doing some sort of experiments with like freezing and they had to arrest him for some reason that is true i don't know i guess that that is that makes sense as to why they'd have a dic fire mark seven this is the the seventh generation of the dic fire and this really annoyed New York scientist guys. Like, I can't do it by like the right degrees and stuff. He's like so stressed out and freaking out. <laughs> I thought that was a hilarious choice uh, for this like extremely minor character. While Batman and Robin are falling out, we have Commissioner Gordon, Chief O'Hara, and just some other cops. Chief O'Hara's. Yeah, I have comments about him. He's pretty bummed out. Yeah, well, he also is bummed that he can't commit police brutality on Mr. Freeze. Yeah, but the commissioner kind of reins him in. Yeah. Because no public officials elected by the people can allow his emotions to interfere with due process. But we don't elect the rank and file cops. (laughs) We elect the chief? I don't know how it goes. I I think you do. I think you got to, I think commissioner is appointed. See, I don't know how it works in cities. I know, like, you have to elect a sheriff, like, mm-hmm. in, like, smaller towns where, like, you know, we grew up. But anyway, it's just one of those things I I thought of with a 2022 mindset. I'm like, you can't really get away with that now. Oh, yeah, definitely not. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, they mentioned, like, they don't want to... One of the phrases they use is they call them, like, specimens of manhood. 
And I'm like, oh man, are we not doing phrasing? <laughs> Dude, they're fine specimens of manhood. Yeah. Well, they thaw out their still images. They seem to take it quite well, the fact that they were almost frozen to death. Yeah. When they regain consciousness, question mark? It yeah, seems when they, maybe when they were they, conscious the whole time. I don't know. Yeah, when they go back to being like people and not ice blocks. Yeah, they like just look at each other very calmly and shake hands. The fact they shake hands made me really happy. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Like the opening, you know? Oh, yeah. Love a call to that opening. Yeah. Meanwhile, in the Gotham Rocky Mountains or... You know, wherever they are, yeah. Wherever the heck Mr. Freeze is living, he's watching the news and... You know, part of me is like, oh, Mr. Freeze believes they're dead. They have the element of surprise. Yeah. Uh, but this Anchorman just blows up their spot. Is that the same Anchorman from the Joker episode? Uh, you know, I was wondering, but he I, lacked I, the personality. Yeah, I want to believe that it's going to be the same guy and he's going to be a recurring character. I would love that. Yeah, because isn't uh, his son like Harry or something? Like praying for God to help Batman. He's praying to Batman. Was he praying to Batman? Yeah, as if Batman were God. That's pretty great. So yeah, Mr. Freeze learns Batman and Robin survived and feel like he has a minor freak out and then gets ready to enact the next part of his plan. Which I know he in the last episode, he mentioned he didn't want to kill them because he wanted, he was setting up a baseball, like they only got to two strikes. So like, I know he... I guess he can just resume the plan that he already had had. Yeah, it's a good thing that he didn't, like, get rid of that skywriting airplane or... Yeah. I mean, my my guess is maybe he, like, prepaid for it. It's like, well, it's going to happen anyway. He was just, he was just going to have Strike 3 Batman. Well, Strike 3, <laughs> oh, yeah, they got to put him in the ground now. Mm. That'd be kind of funny. I guess, I guess what his plan would be, like, would he be, they be incineration proof if they're frozen solid? Who knows what his plan is? I do think they mentioned thawing out that security guard he froze earlier, too. Didn't they play some lip service to that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, well, that's uh, a little late. Not the security guard, but the servant. Oh, yeah, yeah. He froze somebody else. In the, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. that We'll just use that as a segue to go to the charity ball game or whatever. Heck. Yeah, it was set up in the last episode. There's like a picture that they all like. Yeah, it's the Gotham City Eagles versus, um, oh, I forget the other team's name. I want to say like Detroit, Detroit City Motors or something like that. No, motor, it's like Motor City Rockets. That's what it is. Oh, there it is. There it is. Yeah. Because it was like, I, it was like, because a, a, Motor City is Detroit. Like that's the name for it. Like the nickname for it. Like how Philadelphia is the city of brotherly love, stuff like that. So I was like, I guess that's their way of, because I don't think Detroit has a baseball team anyway. But I just, that's why I remember it, because they called it Motor City, you know? Which, as far as I know, does not exist in, like, the DC comics. Detroit? Or no, Motor, city like, if, called if it's called Motor, Motor city. city. If I, there's a city called, because like, if they called it, like, Coast City or something, like, oh, that would be cool, that's what Green Lantern was. Yeah, they're not going to ever do that. <laughs> not in the show. Um... But yeah, so at the baseball game, we get to see Princess Sandra uh, hanging out with uh, Bruce Wayne and company. 
Yeah, Bruce Wayne has like a private box. Yeah. Like they said owner's box. I just think he had one because he's rich. Dick, Aunt Harriet, and Alfred are all there. Yeah, his entire house staff comes. Uh, yeah, and they're uh, they're so excited to see Paul Diamante. Yeah, because uh, Princess Sandra is supposed to throw out the, like, the honorable first pitch. In which case, she says, I do have a few curves. And I was like, oh, also phrasing. <laughs> uh, we get a uh, dick kind of gets a little too excited talking about Paul Diamante. Yeah, I, I wrote in my notes because uh, back because Bruce Wayne's kind of like playing up his like playboy angle with her, and then like you know Dick just jumps in the middle of them, and I wrote Dick more like Dork Grayson. So I thought that was funny. <laughs> this is like because my first instinct is like what a dork. But when it's time for Paul to make a pitch, there seems to be a change of lineup. Yeah. Bruce and Dick think something suspicious has happened. Yeah, of course. Because, uh, of course, Mr. Freeze has been collecting diamonds and oh. we have uh, Paul Diamante here. Which is Spanish for diamond, they said? Spanish, like, Italian, I don't know. It's some language for diamond. I don't, I don't know it. So that's where they... They got me with their clever twist. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, Bruce and Dick rush off and we cut to police headquarters where Batman and Robin are trying to find any clues to his whereabouts. Mm-hmm. Luckily, they don't have to look too hard because uh, the commissioner gets a phone call from our pal, Mr. Freeze. And I want to point out Commissioner Gordon uses proper speakerphone etiquette where he tells him like, hey, I'm putting you on speaker with Chief O'Hara and Batman and Robin here. And that made me happy. So yeah, he starts to basically give his list of demands or whatever to Batman and Robin. Yeah, his only demand being that he will trade Diamante for Batman. And just Batman. uh, And then, you know, Batman picks up the phone so he can speak privately and lets him know that he did that again, proper speakerphone etiquette um so like as a listener or you know a viewer now we don't get to listen to that half the conversation but batman agrees to it readily yeah so batman takes off on his own is this the first time in the show that batman and robin have split up yeah uh at least so far well no well robin was kidnapped by the riddler so they spent it, they spent longer apart in that story because Robin got kidnapped at the end of the first half and got replaced with Molly as Robin for a little bit. But like this is the first time I think they split up like willingly. But then again, the Riddler, like he did make Robin wait in the car. That was the bouncer at the uh oh yeah. Again, yeah, I guess not willingly. I the club. Batman's trying to do a solo mission. Yeah. All right. Well, never mind then. But yeah. Batman runs off and he heads to a field where a helicopter lands. Yeah, there's in some park. And this whole scene, they must have not had any like usable like audio from the day because it's all really bad ADR. I imagine a helicopter's pretty loud. Yeah, that makes sense. It makes sense. It's just none of like the speech is like like matching up with the mouths. But then again, I am watching it on Blu-ray on a large television. This would have been on a little like fuzzy 
thing from the 60s, you wouldn't have noticed. And even if you do, it's that man. <laughs> I mean, you know, if we're gonna have be obsessive nerds and have a podcast, you know, you want to pick up on like the little details and thoughts you have as you go. That's my thought at any rate. The helicopter lands and the uh, three goons from last episode toss out Paul Diamante. Who's like drugged up or something. He, yeah, he's he slurring his words, stumbling around. He goes and rests on a bench. Yeah. Uh, and then Batman gets in the helicopter. And they well, like, don't they like willingly, out, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's willingly entering, but yeah, they just beat him up anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't trust Batman not to just rest controls for me. Yeah. Maybe um, the smartest criminals on the whole show. I don't know if I'd go that far. We'll get into that by the end of this episode. <laughs> so yeah, uh, and then Robin, oh, Robin rather, Robin. you know, we skipped a scene. There was we a small a scene, scene with Robin and Alfred in the in the back game. Yeah, because we, we get a couple of holy uh, exclamations during this. But yeah, Robin explains to Alfred uh, that he planted a tracking device on Batman so he could follow him. You know, after he's keeping an eye on him, despite that's what Batman doesn't want him to do. He wants to go it alone. Yeah. And then uh, after Alfred serves up some uh, spirit lifting ice cream. Ice cream has the opposite effect on me. It kind of like, oh, I got to sit down. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're also like 20 years older than yeah. I think Dick Grayson is meant to be. Actually, if he's supposed to be 17, yeah, I am 20 years older. But yeah, cutting back to where we were, Robin pops out of the woods. And after checking on uh, Paul Diamante. I guess he goes to track Batman. Now, I also noticed because Paul's wrists are bound. Robin, like, talks to him a little bit and then runs off. I'm like, he didn't untie him. This dude's like in the middle of nowhere and just ran off. Well, I feel like we can assume that the police are involved given how the episode ends. Yeah, it just was like, you could just untie him a little bit. Like, listen, you're right, you're right there. here for your comfort. Yeah. Anyway, that's just, again, I happen to notice that. Batman is at Mr. Freeze's lair. He's under the heat ray that keeps different sections of the lair warm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Freeze is in the chilly part with Batman's utility belt. I kind of feel like Mr. Freeze, because they were going on and on last episode about how expensive this setup is. Yeah. Why doesn't he just switch it so that wherever he goes, there's an ice ray? And everything else is just room temperature. I don't know. Because, yeah, it's not just that, like, it's even that it's, like, warm. It's, like, 75 degrees, which is, like, versus his negative 50. So there's a 125-degree difference, and he flips them on and off. I'm like, man, that's insane, that heat bill he's going to have. <laughs> or even just, like, like, make a better version of his refrigeration suit and just kind of just be in that and not, like, heat his, I don't know. Like, I guess he wants to be comfortable, but, like, what, you're just keeping your entire compound below, like, 50 degrees below zero? Yeah. Seems a little crazy. It's cold, man. So, Batman makes an attempt to wrest his utility belt from Mr. Freeze, but it's just too dang cold. 
Like I said, that's a big shock to your system, 125 degrees. Yeah. So Mr. Freeze invites Batman to the dining room for some dinner. And when they arrive, to Batman's surprise and to the viewer's surprise, Robin's already sitting at the table. Mr. Freeze says he caught him lurking around. So I guess for all the work Robin did, it really didn't get him anything. Yeah. Oh, well, you win some, you lose some. But at least he's there, you know, to help. What's your impression of Mr. Freeze been up till now? Up to this point, like, my ver- my my thoughts on this version of Mr. Freeze is why bother being a supervillain? I mean, why do any of these people bother being a supervillain? Well, like, he was presumably a relatively normal guy. This accident happened to him. Batman lamented already that he would wanted to try to help him. He's got a comfortable, like, situation. He's got, like, servants and stuff. Like, I think just, no pun intended, just chill out and, like, I don't know, work on fixing your situation. Well, he was already a criminal. Yeah, so we don't know much about him before, which is why, like, some an origin episode might actually not be too bad every once in a while. Yeah. So my impression up until this point is that he's just a goofball. And the actor has been playing him like a goofball the whole time. Mm-hmm. But at this dinner table, I feel like we get a little bit of tragedy in this version of Mr. Freeze. Yeah, and I think that's why Mr. Freeze can be compelling. Because whenever we talked about it last episode, like Hearts of Ice in the animated series, like really cranked that up. But like in watching this, like, like, yeah, that's a lot of the same stuff that they've touched on in Batman the Animated Series, even though we see that as a much more tragic character than this version so far. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, we'll get to the villain ranking at the end, but I think this, I think Mr. Freeze does like a good job at being compelling in ways that Joker, Penguin, and Riddler can't even get near. Yeah. If you're going from like, yeah, from a dramatic standpoint, yeah, he's got more to work with. Like, then Joker's just a crazy clown man. Yeah. So, Mr. Freeze kind of lays it all out. He hates Batman. And his goal, this whole weird convoluted plan with the imposter Batman and freezes and the skywriting, it's all this big plan to capture and torture Batman. Yeah. Because... It's Batman's fault he can never feel the warmth of another human or a sunny day. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, that sucks. Maybe it's because I'm a, a kind of a homebody, but, like, I don't need to go outside and see the sun. Yeah, seeing the sun's important. Yeah. Everyone should go outside. Go for a walk every now and then. And, yeah, like, at this point, I kind of felt for Mr. Freeze. And Batman tries to like make a plea to him. Let us go and we'll try to help you. And Mr. Freeze is like, oh, like you'll try to help me while I rot in jail? No, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I get that. But like, I wouldn't turn my nose up at help. You know what I mean? 
I mean, he still got Batman trapped. Like, I'm like, oh, I'll steal you lab equipment if you want to help me. I don't know. Well, also, like, he's kind of in a jail cell of his own making as it is anyway. Like, he can't really leave, you know? Like, I wouldn't just kill Batman, especially if he does want to help. Does that make any sense? Yeah, no, I get that, I guess. I, I feel like Mr. Freeze, so, like, while Mr. Freeze is, like, kind of a sympathetic character here, he still is... A bad guy. Like, yeah, like a... He wants a, revenge. Like a maniac. Yeah. Like, with a huge ego. So, like, I'm sure he believes he can help himself before Batman will. And he doesn't want to go to jail for any of his crimes committed by himself as Mr. Freeze or Dr. Schimmel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just thought it was pretty interesting. But we quickly go back to the silly, goofy German scientist. Yeah, this is a television show for children in the 60s. Yeah. So... Batman and Robin's reaction to this scene is to try to charge Freeze again. Mm -hmm. It's still too cold for it to work. They'll get him one of these days. By this point, have they gotten to their dessert course yet? Oh, I think so. Yeah, because they mentioned baked Alaska. Obviously, it's a dessert. Alaska's cold. I just want to bring that up because it's going to come back again later. Uh, Can you explain what the hell it is so that's why i want to do because they, they mentioned baked alaska again later i'm like you know i was like what the hell is that so i actually did look it up this time instead of just like complaining that i don't know certain things <laughs> um so it's essentially like you put ice cream in like uh a cake dish or a, or a pie dish rather which was like lined with slices of sponge cake a christmas pudding and it's topped with a merengue but like because it's the ice cream's kind of like sealed in the thing, you would put it in an extremely hot oven for a brief time, long enough to firm and caramelize the meringue, but not long enough to begin to melt the ice cream. So it's like hot but cold on the inside. Interesting. Um, it was apparently supposedly coined like the invented at Del Manicio's, a restaurant in New York City, New York, in 1872, to honor the acquisition of Alaska from the Russian Empire. There's all, it's also known as the Norwegian omelet in Paris. They made something very similar to that there. And then there's like different versions of it. One that like you do light on fire. It's called Fling on the Iceberg. That's from Hong Kong. Uh, there's one where you make it in a microwave oven. Oh, yeah. It's, you do a reverse one. It's called a frozen Florida. Um, it's a frozen shell of meringue filled with hot liquor. I think it's pronounced meringue. Oh, is it? Whatever it is. I think, I think meringue is like a dance or something. Yeah. Uh, and then there's Bomb Alaska, which is dark rum splashed over the Bake Alaska, and then you flambe it, which is what you like where you light it on fire. Whoa. Yeah. What a, what a complex history to this dessert. I've never seen it in real life. Obviously, I've never had it. Like, I don't know. Sounds pretty cool. I'd eat it. It's just ice cream. Yeah, I'd give it a go for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this episode made me be like, I wrote that in my notes. I was like, look up what a baked Alaska is because I didn't actually know. Well, now we have a whole history lesson. Yeah. Thank oh, I also wrote down like he offers Batman a drink and he refuses him because he's so straight edge. Oh, yes. Which is awesome. Yeah. He can chill liquor by holding it in his hands. Yeah. And this also brought up like with food and whatnot. It's like, 
he wouldn't be able to eat anything. Like that does suck. Like everything because it's so cold, everything would just be frozen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd want to kill Batman too if he did it. Yeah. Like he couldn't drink anything because it would that's 50 degrees below the freezing point of like water. Which brings up like how does Mr. Freeze eat or drink anything like in any continuity? Who knows? Yeah. I think it's best to just not think about it. I guess. Listeners, if you have any idea, shoot us an email. Yeah, batcast66 at gmail.com. Mr. Freeze is kind of at the end of his rope with this final attempt. Mm-hmm. Shrinks the uh, heated area so that Batman and Robin are standing back to back. And then finally he tells them he's going to shrink the area again so that only one of them could fit. Yeah. Uh, naturally batman sacrifices himself so robin can stay warm he hopes that this will save robin's life but mr freeze lets him know the kid has tracked him down to his lair he's not gonna just let him go yeah which makes sense from an evil villain point of view yeah but he he was kind of sorry about it yeah he didn't want robin he wanted just batman yeah i to really like mr freeze here he feels like a completely different character than part one yeah you're you're warming me up to him like is it's just like he's just so like the last three supervillains have been like just fucking maniacs and like this guy at least has some human understandable motivation yeah so i don't know i i do appreciate mr freeze batman's freezing but he just runs up to Mr. Freeze and punches him in the nose. It's pretty great. <laughs> and he gets control of the... Like, he's got this, like, switchboard, you know, for yeah. control all this stuff. Yeah. So, like, there are all these switches that activate the, the heat ray. So Batman makes it so that the whole room, except for one little space for Mr. Freeze, is mm-hmm. now heated to 75 degrees. The way he accomplished all this was by wearing some bat thermal underwear. Some long thermal underwear, which yeah. I've used long underwear. It'll keep you warmer. Um, I don't think it would do that. Also, his face is exposed. But it also makes sense. Like, again, I'm going to go give myself to a guy named Mr. Freeze. He needs to be in a refrigerated unit. I'm going to dress more warmly than I would have normally. Especially because they were trying to do like that anti freeze pill and like it wasn't working for him or like last episode yeah i thought the twist was going to be like it worked and he like took one but i guess you know mr freeze took his utility belt anyway yeah he didn't have anything so mr freeze is trapped batman says that he's going to the cooler Mm -hmm. it's pretty great but in pop uh the three goons chill nippy and mo Mm -hmm. I can only remember Nippy's name. And they got guns trained on Batman. They somehow miss. Yeah. Well, they jump behind a table. They flip over the table and hide behind it. Yeah, it seems like it still should still be an easy hit. Yeah. Shot. And we get a fight scene because yep. Batman and Robin freeze the guns out of their hands or something. Yeah, they turn they turn the heat off where they were and like they get too cold because it's metal. They get too cold, they drop them. Uh, and then they heat them up and then they like jump them. I, I, I kind of get it. It's clever. Yeah. And it's cool because, you know, Mr. Freeze has got like a stuffed polar bear and they're like rolling it around into people and stuff. The fight scenes in the show are really chaotic and fun. 
Yeah, this one feels like there's nobody in charge of these things, and they all just go ham. I love it. Yeah, (laughs) there's this weird chaotic energy to all of the fights because it's not exclusive to this. It's all of the times they fight things, Um, and like I don't know, it almost feels kind of like real. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's interesting. Yeah, these fights aren't like kung fu fights. Yeah. They're more like big tavern brawl. Yeah, they're yeah, they're like bar brawls, yeah. Before the fight, Batman says, "Ah, oh, it's 3 against 2. I guess that's a fair fight." These three goons were standing off to the side when Batman and Robin single-handedly or I guess double-handedly because there's two of them fought off like 10 imposters yeah five batman and five mr freezes thing and they might have been just actors maybe i still think uh i wouldn't have taken those chances yeah no matter what continuity i would not fight batman i would just surrender yeah batman and robin win the polar bear gave them the edge pretty great uh, and in pops Chief O'Hara and some other cops. Robin says, ah, it took you long enough. I called you an hour ago. And I, I do like that Robin called for backup. Like that, like that makes sense. Like I was like, okay, that's cool. Totally. Um, especially since they are like deputized agents. Of yeah. The and it also makes sense. Like even if they freeze got killed Batman and Robin, he wouldn't have gotten away with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, like, they could just shoot bullets into the house until he was dead if they couldn't, like, get in there and get to him because of the cold. Surprised they didn't do that here. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, Freeze is uh, going to the cooler and we cut to a party. Uh, is this party at Wayne Manor or I, is that the princess's hotel? I, I thought it was Wayne Manor. It's because Alfred and Aunt Harriet are there, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. So I assumed it was Wayne Manor. It doesn't look like the normal room they usually do this stuff in, like their like living room or set. Yeah, it was a diff- different set for sure. But I, I assumed it was Wayne Manor. Cool. Yeah. So there's a shindig. Princess Sandra's there with the now fully recovered. What's his name? Paul Pete? Diamante. Paul. Paul okay. Diamante. It, didn't they explain? Isn't she married? That's how she became a princess because they mentioned she's from like Long Island. No, they just offhandedly said she was from Brooklyn. They did. Oh, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. She was from the borough of New York. So, all right. Because, like, she's really flirting with Bruce Wayne at the baseball game. She's really flirting with Paul at this, uh, whatever this party situation is. So I was like, I wrote down, I was like, isn't she married? Isn't that how she became, like, royalty? No. I well, they, they mentioned it last episode, and it's been over a week since we watched that, so I did not remember. Yeah, no, they they didn't say anything about okay. that. They said she was formerly Sandra Carlson from Brooklyn, and she just became princess of a country. Okay, all right. They, I thought it was, they don't I, go into that. I thought it was via marriage. You know, I mean, that's not a bad assumption, but who knows. Hey, maybe they have an open relationship. Who am I to judge? I don't know the details. Yeah, I feel like most royalty probably does. Yeah. And the episode closes with, uh, who's it, Aunt Harriet? Yeah, Aunt Harriet has one of like a a waitress or something 
bring Batman and Robin Baker to Alaska. And that's what made me want to research where like pull up Wikipedia and find out what it was. Um, and then, but this episode ends with something I don't think they did in the last episodes where they're like next week, uh, you know, they mentioned the villain that we're going to be seeing. Did yeah. they do with the other ones? I don't no. remember. They, they do not do that. Okay. I didn't think so. So yeah, we get a little stinger for next week's villain. Are we going to reveal that here? I mean, I think her name is the title of that episode, so cool. We can say it. Uh, yeah, it is Zelda the Great. Yeah, so they're going to play uh, the Legend of Zelda. You know, I heard this is where Miyamoto got his idea. He went into the caves behind his house to watch this episode of Batman. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, I guess we'll get into thoughts. So you really like these episodes, the story? So I really like episode one. I thought it was super entertaining. It was like filled with puns. It was wild that there was like so many Batman and freezes. Mm -hmm. This episode, I feel like, I think this is the most boring episode of the show so far. Okay. Uh, until so a lot happens don't get me wrong a lot happens but until that like scene at the dinner table where Mr. Freeze gets like real with us I just wasn't engaged in it I kind of agree with you I do really like that scene I didn't like the first half as much as you I think um, I just thought it was so funny I, I love puns but I think growing up with Batman and Robin, like I've heard every permutation of like ice puns you could ever have. I'm not saying these were bad. These ones obviously came first, but you know, I'm glad they were there. Uh, I don't think these were bad and I don't think they were badly written or acted or any of that stuff. Just compared to the other three stories we've had so far, this is my least favorite. I don't think Mr. Freeze had a great plan if we're getting into that whole star rating system. Well, so yeah. So, I mean, feel free to finish off your thoughts on that. Because like, I was thinking of one because his plan seemed to be chaotic and make no sense in the first episode. I don't see the point in doing all of this elaborate criminal stuff. He could have just gone straight to something like Batman Mimi somewhere and I'll kidnap you. And like he, he could have easily got this Batman to be like into a trap earlier than stealing two specific diamonds and then doing a technical diamond heist on technicality alone because he stole a guy named Diamond from a baseball diamond. Like I appreciated that joke, but like I'm just trying to think of his plan, you know, like I, I get that he wants to torture and eventually kill Batman as revenge, which is fine. But it was just it seemed like a lot of like wasting time until then. Do you know yeah, what I mean? it was so I, I guess he was trying to like humiliate or like frustrate Batman. Yeah, so he, was, he had the whole three strikes thing planned out. Yeah, the plan doesn't make sense. It's like, why did he melt that ice rink in the beginning of the first episode? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty chaotic. And not like the way like penguins and stuff was was that was on purpose penguins and stuff is like visually and conceptually chaotic yeah but there's still like there's still a plan to it yeah this just is 
he's just doing shit. Yeah. So yeah, all right. You want to give a one to this episode, or to- I, I, again, the the point of this ranking system was we want to find out who Batman's arch arch rivals, like the, their best, like the people that are challenging him the most, like stuff like that. So like, I don't think this one was particularly great for it. Yeah. But yeah, because this is it's not an indictment on like quality of this story. It's just this villain's plan here. Yeah, I could I could go for a one for this. Okay. I was going well if you were gonna do higher, I'd like to hear your reasons why. I was gonna go for two, not really for any mental planning that Freeze did, but the fact that he was able to freeze Batman and Robin to the point where he thought they were dead, and then he captures both of them after they get out of that first mess. Granted, Batman seemed to have been playing possum a little bit. Yeah. But as far as like an actual plan, like none of that was anything. You know, freezing Batman and and again, thinking to the point where he said, I, you know what, I'll give you a two on that. I don't know. The police didn't have that room ready to go. They would be dead. Yeah. That's more than Penguin or Joker or Riddler got them at so far. Although I guess they could have easily killed Robin when they had him captured that first time. I mean, like, he froze them after he fell into their trap. Yeah. Two stars. Well, uh, you convinced me. All right. Two for freeze. Mm -hmm. An, An unwilling two. No, like, you convinced me. I think that's fair. I think, like, we're gonna get some ones. Yeah, I'm not especially excited for Zelda the Great, but like maybe I'll be surprised and I'll be super awesome. And I just she just looks like a boring normal person. We'll talk about her next week. Yeah, yeah. If you'd have any comments, questions, or concerns, reach out to us. Where uh, our email is uh, batcast66 at gmail.com. Um, obviously, you can comment uh, on you know, wherever you're listening to this, you know, rate and review. Um, we really like to read the comments and check things out. You know, what did we miss? What What is our bad takes? Who's been your favorite villain so far? And why is it Mr. Freeze? Uh, there's a compelling reason it could be that. So I'll do us for this, this two-parter. And we'll see you guys next week for Zelda the Great. Same backcast time, same backcast channel.